0: Me personally, it was always life events that caused me to make these changes. It was never like I knew I knew what I was doing at the time. I could do something better or, or in a different way, but there was only like four or five distinct times that had I had a life event change it that then that gave me that aha moment.
1: Hello, hello, my backstage business family. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. You know, it's interesting to me that so many entrepreneurs that I know usually have the story of when they were a kid and they were selling something that they either created, came up with, made like their lemonade stand, the candy bars. I used to have my own paper delivery route, turned it into a business. Or like my husband who had his own gardening business, I think like in high school and actually sold it for a lump sum (laughs) by the time he was done with high school because he had to go to college. Cool stories like that. So today's guest actually is one of those entrepreneurs who's like, I never even thought of having my own business until, (laughs) until he had an idea. And this was later on after he was already into adult years. And I love those stories because I think that at any age you can become an entrepreneur. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be something that you are born with and have been exercising since you were a child. Although I bet you there were some characteristics of his when he was a kid that that showed these signs. But today's guest is Tyler Sullivan, although we call him Sully. So feel free to call him Sully if you decide to get connected with him, and you should after you hear today's interview. Let me tell you a little bit about him. He's the founder of BombTech Golf, which is an e-commerce store with over $15 million sold online. This company started in 2012 and... It came from something that Sully needed himself, and I love this story, and we talk about it right in the beginning. He also runs another business called Ecom Growers, where he and his team have helped countless Shopify owners add six to seven figures and additional sales to their e-commerce stores, and he does this by optimizing email systems and ad campaigns to find hidden revenue streams. Ooh, isn't that nice? Don't we all wonder about that? What's the hidden revenue stream I'm missing? Over these years, Tyler has come to learn the formula for running successful and profitable e-commerce businesses, and we are talking about those today. We're talking about things like how to work four hours a week but still make seven figures. We're talking about things like what kind of content you can put out there. The greatest story that you'll hear in the beginning is a piece of content that he put out and what it generated for him, and it's just an exciting, awesome Entrepreneurial story, especially in those early years of business. We're also going to talk about how do you delegate work and how do you know what you should be focused on and what you can give to other people. And also, you know, some of us entrepreneurs are running several different things at different times. How do you manage that? So there's a lot of great stuff. We'll talk about some email marketing as well. He's really, he's such a great, high energetic person who just first and foremost loves to live life, spend time with his family, and do the things that that matter to him. That's the most important. And what I love is that he offers solutions, especially with e-com growers, to something and actually with BombTech as well. Both of his business have stemmed from frustrations that he's had about the way things were done before. And to me, that's a person that you want to buy from. That's a person that I will be loyal to because they get it. They get those frustrations. And when it's the same that you, frustrations that you have had... <laughs> and then they create something to solve those frustrations, oh my gosh, it's golden. He believes that even with running online companies, there is huge value in having real conversations with customers and potential buyers, and you will just hear that in his voice. You can connect with him. We'll give you all the information at the end of the show. You'll also see it in our show notes. He's just a crazy cool guy, super focused on the customer experience and how to operate a lean business that doesn't just drive revenue, but does it in, in a a in a very cash flow positive way, so that you are seriously profitable. That's what we all want. So, listen out for all these great tips today, and I hope you enjoy. Sully, thank you so much for being with me today. I'm so excited to talk to you.
0: I'm glad to be here.
1: You've got a cool story. And I want to start with that, <laughs> Let, have you share a little bit about how you got into your career. And then I'm going to totally pick your brain because you you've got some great tips and answers to some burning questions like when it comes to ads, how to make them profitable, how to grow your brand. Also one of my favorites is how to work less <laughs> and accomplish more. <laughs> Just some really good things that I'm I personally want to hear about and I know our audience is going to love. So with that, let's let's start with how how this all came about for you.
0: Yeah. So I had no real intentions of like starting a business. I started in 2012. I had a full-time job. So you in- were
1: not an entrepreneur to begin with?
0: No. So I, I was doing pharmaceutical sales. Okay, and okay. I had done medical device before that. So I was always selling at something. My last job before I got fired, I was a sales director, at an engineering firm. And I was passionate about golf. So I was, you know, every day I was out hitting balls and I was attempting to compete in the home run derby of golf, which you just try to hit the ball as hard as you can. And I was just doing it because I loved it. And then I had a local club builder who was assembling my golf clubs, right? Because they were really unique, not what a normal golf would use. And I started breaking them. So during that process, I said, well, I'm going to have to learn how to make my own because he wasn't building them right. I I thought it was for my pure power, but it wasn't, (laughs) uh, which I wish it was. But um, (laughs) so I started making these really unique golf clubs, just assembling different heads, different shafts. And one of my buddies is like, Hey, what is that? Can you make me one? I said, sure. 250 bucks, whatever. So I sold one. I was like, that's cool. And then I actually sold a couple more. I made the world's worst website. And this is all just because I was doing it. I was like, well, I'll just throw it up there. I had time because I was just honestly bored with my day job. And then I remember this was like the coolest moment. I was actually on a boat It wasn't a yacht. It was my like small boat. I had, it was, it was cool, but I got a ding on my phone and it was my first sale. And that was, so I've had many life events that have gotten where I am, but that was like the first moment where I was like, I need to do more of this. Like it changed my concept of like sitting in front of a computer at an office to like making money when I'm not working. So that was, that concept really like fueled me. So from there, you know, I started designing my own golf club with the University of Vermont, which was like a long process. But all I did in that while I was doing this, like I just did it out of fun with no expectation of selling anything. Right. And as I designed my own product, I just documented it on social media like, hey, I'm going up to UVM, the college. You know, I would just ask questions when I'm there. Like, hey, what what driver do you guys play now? What course do you play? What would you like in a club? And I just brought people along for the ride early days. Facebook. And that really built the brand. And then what I did is I kind of, I wouldn't say I got lucky, but I used Facebook and the reach it had and made authentic content with myself, really just because I wanted to. I really wasn't like, I have to do this to sell more clubs. I was like, let me go make a video out back hitting the ball as hard as I can. It's really when ads came out, I was able to amplify. So I boosted my first video and it was In my backyard, where I had a newborn sleeping in the house. It was the most crudely shot video you've ever seen. (laughs) Uh, And I boosted it for 300 bucks and it got 300,000 views, 10,000 comments. Wow. Wow. Like 2013, maybe. I can't remember the exact dates, but. And I commented on every single comment and my thumbs were bleeding. (laughs) So all I did during the process, like, is as I was doing stuff, I really was not an expert. You know, I just was doing it. I had a cool story and I just used social media to get myself out there and documented it. And from there, I was able to go from like, you know, a side hustle. I did like hundred K one year, 400 K, then 1.5 million, then 4 million, then 6 million. And that's kind of what we do every year is like five to 6 million with one employee. And the, so, so many things have happened in that time frame, but I also started another company where we have 20 clients and agency because I set up my current business. So I'm not working a lot in it. But I would say the whole thing was I started with a passion and it never felt like a day of work in my life, even though I was working all day, every day, too much. And, you know, I really just loved it and engaged with people and built a personal brand by accident. So people, like when they don't buy from my brand, they buy from me. And they when they send an email, it's to me. And, you know, it was an accidental success story just based around things I love and actually listening to customers. I
1: love that so much. And it was really, it was a need that you had. I love the the pivotal moment of getting that first sale. It's so true. It's like that first time as an entrepreneur that somebody wants something that you have and you feel this like, oh my gosh, it's as important to you as it is to me. There are people like you out there. You know, it's so thrilling.
0: <laughs> it was a cool moment, for sure.
1: I love that. I also really like, and I think it's still important today, and we'll go into that in, in ads, is that you really just, it, it doesn't matter about the lighting. It doesn't matter about how professional it looks. Just putting that content out there, just putting that video out there, and then doing what it takes to get more people to see it and getting that response is, is incredible. And so I think a lot of people hold back on putting anything out there like that because they're like, it's, it's not looking perfect enough.
0: (laughs) So I'm not going to do it. We we, we spent a lot of money on produced videos and photo shoots and almost nine out of 10 times the authentic organic, you know, when I look like hell, things aren't perfect. Those videos always do better.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, they generate more curiosity because it's like, wow, this is something real that's happening you
0: know? Absolutely. I've tried to take the same authentic, you know, which is just is a personal brand to a certain aspect. We, what we do is we tie all that in with all of our marketing, like every email, like we work, we do email for other econ brands. And one thing we see, and I used to do, we'd send it from bomb tech, you know, like that's my golf brand. Now we send it from Sully bomb tech golf founder. So we essentially want to have any brand. We want to tie a person to it and really because no one can copy you. Right. So right. like anyone can sell the same product you have or something similar, but really like I was lucky because I just had no other assets or money to, to pay someone to make a professional video that people liked me as like an average guy, the average golfer, they could relate to me. And still that's at, like the core of the business. And it's not something that someone could replicate, you know, and I have plenty of flaws and that's okay. You know, I, I'm not a professional golfer and the guys that want to see that they're not a good fit, you know, and that's okay.
1: Yes. No, and that's the most important thing is that people feel connected to you, especially today, you know, when things are so so disconnected. The brands that actually have that, you know, real human feeling, it's like, oh my gosh, and you're not perfect, even better. (laughs) (laughs) Let's first talk about, you know, every, you know, business owner will have that, if I had known this back when, I could have been this much farther along. And so we're able to then, you know, teach others, those things? What are some things that you learned growing your e-commerce brand that you were like, you know what? That took me a while to learn. (laughs) It's something I would tell somebody right away.
0: You know, it's funny. I have so many things that I could say or do, but I found that unless they're ready and willing to actually listen and do it, it's hard to really have it happen. So like, let me give a couple examples. And for me personally, it was always life events that caused me to make these changes. It was never like, I knew, I knew what I was doing at the time. I could do something better or, or in a different way, but there was only like four or five distinct times that had, I had a life event change it that then that gave me that aha moment. So I, it's interesting for me, it's like, you got to have these things. happen. So like, for example, when I was having my, as brand owners, we want to have our hands in everything. Right. Right. And, and for me, like, my big thing was, I want to I work everyone. I want to hustle. I want to grind. I want to work all the time because I'm the one driving revenue. That was my big egotistical thought process as things were growing, right? And then my first kid, I used to work 20 hours a day, seven days a week with a newborn. And then I was, this is after like four years of doing this, I said, this is crazy. I had a second kid on the way and I said, I'm going to take six weeks off before I have her. And I was like, the business is going to plummet, it's going to be the end of the world. What do you think happened to sales when I took six weeks off?
1: I mean, you would think that they would plummet, but I'm going to guess (laughs) they
0: increased. They went up. Wow. So like, so like this is example of like a life moment where it's like, I I tried to, to free myself before, but it like, it forced me to set the business up in such a way that I didn't have to do a lot of the things I was doing, and it made me also realize that a lot of my daily activities had no real impact on the business because I wanted to feel busy.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: and this was at a point where the business was has been running successfully, and we're doing a lot of revenue. But that was the hardest part: is going from like doing tasks that made me feel important to thinking higher level, bigger picture, where I'm not doing all the time. So that was like one big aha moment for me. And then, you know. I can't, I don't know. Like everything happened for a reason and grew, I wouldn't say perfectly, but it all had to happen in that order. So I don't think anything I said to myself early days would have mattered. You know what I mean? Right, right. So it's like, I would say one tactical thing someone could do today that I see as a real mistake, and this is like a real ROI revenue generator, is email. I think a lot of people think it's dead. And number two, They overly design and put too much effort into the look and feel of the email. Whereas, yeah, like, so we'll bring on clients and myself, you know, average like 15% of revenue from email, bring them up to 50%. And they're shocked. They don't really understand why, but we use email as a two-way conversation. So number one, don't use email as a blast out, no reply. It drives revenue. I send out, we don't want to get replies. We use it as a true two-way conversation. So we'll send out emails where we ask people real opinions because we want to actually, number one, know know what they want, care, and like about whatever. So it actually helps the brand, number one. Number two, it engages them and allows us to have two-way conversation at scale. So when we do launch a new product, they're already talking with us about their golf game, you know, what's going on in their life. So it's, it's kind of like that building that personal relationship at scale by having a real two-way conversation in a, in a channel that still drives so much revenue. So that would be like the biggest aha moment. It's like, don't just blast your whole list, an offer, like have real conversations. So when you do have a good offer or something you want to offer them, they're ready for it, you know?
1: I totally agree. I love also how you're saying the, the look of, of the email. And I've noticed that on our side too. A, like who the email is coming from when it's more personal, they're more likely to open it. And second, without all the frill inside, they'll, they're feeling like, ah, oh, everybody's getting this. But when it's just a text only an email with a message and you start a conversation and you're talking to like their, you know, their actual feelings, concerns, whatever you, you then hit that emotional level with them instead well, of just, like I'm totally trying to get you to buy something.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, think about what's native to email too, or whatever platform you're on It's like, would you design an HTML beautifully designed email to send your friend? You know, exactly. You would send her or him a text as, hey, do you want to go to the bar Friday? Or would it be a text, one sentence, whatever? You know what I mean? Versus, so it's like you're doing, you're almost jamming a display ad into an email platform where it's not even native. So it's, so I think like as an e commerce owner or any brand owner, it's easy to want to, almost over-brand, over-design things that don't need that, right? There's there's a place for it, you know, and I think the website definitely needs to be clean, professional, build trust, but, like, email's not the right place to have design first. You know, it's copy and getting an engagement and being more native. So I think that's really the, the thing is don't overthink it.
1: Right, <laughs> you know? right. So let's go back to you had a life event that caused you to make some – some changes in your business so that you could take the time off. And you also, you know, talk about how can you work four hours a week, but still make seven figures. Do these, are these two, is that how you started to discover how you can do
0: that? That was really the only way. So like, you got to understand where I came from. I used to do, I used to do every single thing in the business to, to a fault. I mean, I used to actually assemble clubs
1: we all do that. That's what every I mean, entrepreneur does at least yeah, I, at some point in the journey.
0: <laughs> and what I was saying before, it's like, I could tell you not to do that. But at that point in my business, you could t- you could have told me that to my face. And I would have said no. You yeah. know, so you know I think recommend.
1: it's kind of good. I think it's like your, your passage. Like it's your rite of passage. You have to do that so yeah. that you know the parts of your business. The danger is that when you get to a point where you're growing and you stay there, then that's when you can actually stifle the business.
0: Oh, well, I did. And that, that was the thing, too, is I was assembling the clothes by hand because I thought no one else could do that, which was the dumbest idea ever. It was just a control thing. You know, then I was shipping them because I thought no one else could ship them. It's like, what? why spend all that time, effort, and energy? And really, the only way to scale was to really loosen up and, and let go. You know, that was the yeah. only way. So when I actually could enjoy my life, and it is actually hard now, Some days I want to work more, but I actually don't have things to do because it's so, it's so optimized and so handed off and outsourced, which is almost frustrating, but it allowed me the opportunity to number one, spend more time with my family, which I'm very thankful for, especially in this situation we have with the world pandemic going on, which I I could have never forecasted. I only have one employee at my business and my agency only has two, but everyone works remote. You know, we're already set up to handle this, so it's not—it's it's having no impact because I already set up my life not to deal with a pandemic, but so I could go skiing right. with my dad, you know, who's seventy, go golfing with my friends during the week. And it's really the other thing too is like all my big aha moments that have had real impact is when I'm not working. You know, like yeah. every good idea I've had, I'm like on the golf course or I'm playing with my kids or I'm taking sure I'm not working. And then these things come to me because I'm not in it. So when I get out of it and have perspective, that really was like, allowed me to think clearer and actually do bigger things that had more, more impact versus like doing small tasks, you know?
1: Absolutely. No, it's so true. I mean, without all that clutter, the more that you have going on in your brain, the less effective you're going to be if you're, if you're overwhelmed And the less those, those ideas are going to happen. But once you actually get, you have to, you have to allow them to come to you. And it's like, it's almost like a block or a wall up when you're too overwhelmed. Absolutely. Hey guys, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Backstage Business Podcast. I wanted to let you know that this episode is brought to you by The Draw Shop. At The Draw Shop, we make animated videos that just work. Did you know that most businesses are struggling to increase their sales simply because they don't stand out? At The Draw Shop, we use a scientifically proven formula to create animated videos that just work. With customers such as Uber, Twitter, Google, United Nations, Lockheed Martin, Netflix, and more, we know that creating messages that are impossible to misunderstand. It's critical to attracting more customers and keeping your audience engaged, so that you can stand out as the best in your industry. Find out more information at thedrawshop.com. Let's talk about something that, even though I am like a million times better than when I first started my business over eleven years ago, and even had you know businesses before that, but even but but this one in particular. I will still sometimes find myself getting into that, wait, can I delegate this or do I need to do it myself? So let's talk about that because I think that's something that even after years and years, I see entrepreneurs and small business owners struggling with what they can delegate and almost like that whole, I, I have to do it myself. So they, they've delegated some stuff, like the super, the stuff that they're like, it's okay if that gets messed up. But how, like, what advice do you have in terms of delegating and what types of things can be delegating and how can we determine what we should only be
0: focused on so this is like a practice we have so my agency on the the other side we have it set up really it's kind of it sounds crazy but my partner Mm -hmm. does all the day-to-day manage the employees helps with the email he's in the business and I specifically am not in the business so I have a different perspective and all Mm -hmm. we do like all we do, and this is like the best way I've been able to articulate how to let go is he tells me stuff in the business and I like he'll be like, oh, he has so many thoughts because he's so deep in it of, and, and limiting beliefs because he's doing it every day. And I'll just ask him like straight up, like, why do we do that? And then most times he's like, I don't even know. And then I'm like, do we have to do that? And then when we really boil down to, do we really have to nine out of 10 times? We don't have to do it. It just seems like something because he's in it that you yes. have to do. So it's like I literally will just have him tell me about the business. And I literally break down everything he has. Like, why can we remove it? And if he says no, I says, why? And, and then we just literally – it's almost like we just keep breaking it down step by step, everything we're doing. I'm like, why do we do that? And he's like, we have to do it. I'm like, well, why? What is it actually accomplish? And then we like – so it's been really nice because we've been able to build another – it's almost seven figures, not there yet, but it's only 18 months old with only two employees. So we're running like 85% profit because we don't, we we literally all I do is sit down and break things down and anything we have to do, we'll automate it. If we can, if we can 100% automate it and not have to touch it, we'll do it. If we have to have to have to do it, we'll delegate it. But it's just like we do, we try to remove. And like, I think that's the biggest point. I try to remove it to a fault of like, Almost to all, like, I'm yelling at him, <laughs> like nine. Like, so, and then it, he gets to like the real root cause. Like, okay, because nine, like I keep saying nine out of 10 times, but 10 out of 10 times, the root cause is causing these other things to happen. Like we had an issue with shipping overseas internationally, which I didn't even know was a problem because my customer service guy was not, not really getting to the root cause. And he's like, yeah, we just kept having this refunds from like one country. I'm like, dude, what's going on? All I had to do was get to the real why. And then we just changed the shipper for that one country and we had zero problems. But because we just didn't get to the root cause, we couldn't Mm -hmm. get better. So that's like, those are the hardest discussions to have. And like, those are the most exciting for me. Is like really breaking through the BS to get to like root cause to actually have an impact. They're not going to happen every week. It's like once a month, we'll, we'll break down something where we can really make it more efficient. But like for my own personal business with Bomb Tech, I just, I started choosing life and family over work and said, like the other day, this is, this year I skied like 40 days so far this year. Nice. Yeah, it's been great. I went out to Utah, you know, I've been hanging out with a bunch of buddies from college I haven't seen. And like, I just was like, during, in the morning, I would get these emails or things I I thought I need to do. And I would just go skiing instead. And I... And I would just delegate that or remove it. That was my litmus test. Like, all right, do I need, and and sometimes I would just not even do it at all and see if it had an impact and usually had no impact. So it just, it really like, I recalibrated my brain and people probably think that are listening think I'm crazy, but there's so much stuff that you can do yourself, but has no impact in the overall business.
1: Right. I love that. And that's a, I mean, I, and I've done these exercises myself. You take some time and really look at that. And also, you know, really look at what is it that you do that, that produces results. And that's the most important thing.
0: Which is hard though. Like It is. It's super hard.
1: hard, but that's one of those things. It's kind of like you said, it's looking at why is this happening instead of just the symptoms of what's happening or, you know, instead of just looking at the refunds as the problem, look at it. Why is this happening? It's so simple, but it's true. It's not, it's not always easy, Exactly, <laughs> it is simple. The, the, the <laughs> questions simple, and the, 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 exactly. As we're talking about this, I have two questions for you. One is how, how soon after BombTech did you then start another business? And Have there been challenges? Like what have you learned and what advice can you give in terms of managing more than one business? Because a lot of us entrepreneurs do that. I know I do that. Sometimes it's either another business, sometimes it's a passion project, sometimes it's there's different things, but you're managing more than one thing. And usually, you know, when you first start a business, it's like you live, breathe, everything is about that business and getting it on its feet. But what kind of advice do you have and and how long did you wait until you did that?
0: You know, all these things have happened like. Almost like uh, I I didn't intend them to happen. So I'll tell you exactly how I did it. So it was about six years in, you know. So I've already went from the transition of working way too much, you know, twenty hours a day to like now is working like eight hours a week. So this was about eighteen months ago, and we started to have like some track, like some case studies come out of my brand, like from some pretty big publications, and people were pinging me like, "Yo, can you help me?" And I was like, "Uh, "No." I was like, I I don't want to, it's too complicated. Like I didn't have a a direct way to bring another e-commerce brand to to like work with them and drive immediate ROI that was worth it. I said, you know, I don't think it's worth your time. I mean, some people hired me, like I'll pay you a thousand bucks an hour. I was like, okay. You know, but it wasn't, I wanted something that really had an impact on their business. So when people started hitting me up, I just kept saying no. And then it got to a point where I was like, maybe this is worth monetizing. And then my, this is kind of what I say. I never really intended. So I had these case studies come out and then my first employee at bomb tech ever, Chris, who's like the most unique, hardest working 26 year old that you'll ever find. He used to work 80 hours a week and I only paid him for 40 and he just wanted to, he'd be like, Hey, I got an idea. It'd be like 2am at a bar, but like, Hey, I got an idea for this ad we should run. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? But he just was like such a, a hard worker that he, yeah. came to me, he came to me and was like, "Hey, I know people are, are looking to, for you to help them with their econ brands. I'm running all your email with Clavio. Do you mind if I try to side hustle and kind of land some clients? And all I want is someone that's been working that hard to be successful on their own. So I said, dude, if you can close clients and get them results, go for it. You can, you can I'll give you the leads, you know leverage my audience or people are asking." See if you can do it. I said, "Go ahead, as long as does not interfere with the, your day job, which was running my email at my econ brand at BombTech. So he he calls me back, or like we had a meeting like a week later. We were talking every day, so it wasn't like a, a special meeting. But and he's like, "Hey, I closed three clients." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I was like, oh, that's pretty good." So I go talk to me about it in a month to see what the results were, because I didn't want to get deep in the weeds, you know, if he didn't kill it for them. So he comes back in like a month and he's like, yeah, they are all doing like 10 to 20% revenue from email. And now they're doing 45%. I said, okay, that's that's good. And so at that point I said, do you think we should partner up? And I said, you know, we'll divvy it up where, you know, I'm kind of the face of it. I'll give you leads. I'll help you with my SOPs, efficiencies, just my, my angle, but you run that business. And we agreed. So we're partners in that business. And since then, we've, you know, our best month, I think, is 110K, which, you know, it's a young company, but it's just us and two employees who are really lean. But now we're trying to scale that up. And it's so it happened not intentionally, right? You know, we had, if I didn't have the first success, I wouldn't have had the second. But I will tell you, he is a unique individual and I would have not just started another company on my own. So it's one of those meant to be things. But, I will say that business has different challenges than e-commerce because I can scale up. Like I could sell 5,000 golf clubs in a month and it doesn't change my time or our employees time because you just ship more product. Right. Right. And we use a 3PL. We don't even see it. We don't touch it. It gets scanned, gets shipped out, whatever. And with the agency model, once you, after five clients, you need a new person. So we set it up to be super efficient. Like I would probably say 10 times, More efficient than most agencies, but it still is a person, person capital or capital human human capital business where you need people. So we're learning that, and it's not as like you pay for X and get Y. So we are finding new ways to get leads, and but I'm very thankful to have him as a partner. He's making more money than he could he would ever make for me as an employee. So I'm happy for him, and that's more rewarding and fulfilling to see my best employee now become a partner and make a ton of money for a 26 year old. Yeah. Um, So we're hoping to scale it up to become a, you know, a big agency. So yeah, it's kind of crazy to be going from working 20 hours a day when I was making the least amount of money. So I was getting paid hourly. If you want to break it down the littlest when I worked the most, To now having two incomes and working the least, which is kind of crazy to think about, but it's, you know, it just became down to life and what I wanted to do. and, And fortune of who I had with me, but it was, you know, i taught him everything I knew and I treated him well. And, you know, likewise enough that he wanted to partner up.
1: Yeah. I love that. That's so great. And it's, it's inspiring too. I love that. You know, it's, it's about going in with a partner. I think that's so true things. When I have taken on something new, there's always been a partner involved. I don't, I don't know how it would be. I know there's people that do it, start up something on their own,
0: but that would, There would definitely be a lot to manage. (laughs) It was a lot with the golf company because I did it all on my own, but I didn't have any tensions of like an, it wasn't like I'm going to start a business and make a million dollars a year. I just was doing it as I was doing it. So it was, but if you
1: were doing two on your own, that
0: would be a lot. uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was new. Absolutely.
1: So what is next for you? What's coming up? That's exciting.
0: You know, the, the agency right now is like the, the golf brand, is i wouldn't say automatic but it's like i'm just trying to make it incrementally better in certain like we're trying to get our, our response time where their customers down to like 30 minutes so i'm just trying to make it better but it, it almost runs on its own which has been really freeing so i've been i wouldn't say f- frustrated but i'm really focusing on trying to find that one or two big levers to really catapult the agency because Personally, I hired and fired so many ad agencies or email agencies of my own that I know that our product or how we perform for clients is is so good that we can we can beat them. So it's it's frustrating. That it
1: by the way is like the best pitch right there. I mean, it's true, especially because people have been through that frustration. Like knowing, oh, so like I've 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 hired and fired so many of these agencies, so I know that what we offer. I mean, that's like a great. <laughs> we help people with their elevator pitches, and I'm like, that's that's a great pitch right there. there we go.
0: Well, that's <laughs> it's, the thing. it's like it's just it's real, and it's like for me, it's just I had that experience, and so I'm always want to go grow faster, right? And like yeah. I've seen how big some of those agencies have become. You know, we don't have to be that big, but I would like to get to what I would consider the next level because we did break our first six figure month, which is okay. I mean, we're still very new, but I'd like to get to like, I would like to outpace my e-commerce revenues with that brand that for right. me would be, I think difficult, but that would be really cool to have a new business beat my other business. So that's kind of like what I'm trying to do. My best month of e-commerce brand that was like 860 K in a month. So we'll, we're going to have to turn it up. So I'm just trying to be patient and you know a lot of what I'm doing to be candid is these podcast interviews because it's probably the most fun I can have cuz I'm not I'm not like a naturally a teacher I wasn't a very good student but I get a lot of messages when I get a chance to do a podcast interview of like hey I learned this and this from the podcast or I liked your story and it, it was relatable so like that stuff makes me feel good and like I'm giving back a little bit So yeah, doing, doing more podcasts and right now with the world and everything, I'm just trying to enjoy life and I've been really good skiing more, spend time, more time with my family because at the end of the day, money really, you do need it to enjoy life to a certain extent, but it's like having more of it really doesn't do much, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's about living in the now right now, what you have right now and appreciating it.
0: Which is hard it is I'm trying to do more of that and like I, i've gotten to the point this is may sound crazy but it's like i've had such a good run like if somehow like sales just stopped or something and i had to walk away which would never happen but like if they happen i'm mentally okay with that so that also makes me say well i need to focus on something where i'm a little more hungry and that right now the agency you know it's just i like growing businesses and like other one just does a stable you know number every year so i'm trying i like growing and it's in line with what we do so you know and and it's helping other brands which is which is a little different than a d2c business
1: what's just awesome is that you're you know you're helping them but you've been through it and that's what people want
0: you know to to get it
1: from somebody who's been through it
0: been through everything (laughs) Yes, (laughs)
1: Sully, this is so awesome. I'm so excited that we we got to speak. You're truly inspirational and so many really great takeaways. I would love to send our audience to anywhere that they can find more information, where they can connect with you, your brands, all of that good stuff. And let us know here. And then I'm also going to put them in our show notes.
0: Cool, yeah. So bombtechgolf.com is my golf brand. Guys, have any golfers that are listening? And then ecomgrowers.com is our agency. So we work with specifically with ecom brands, helping them profit more with their email. And uh, if you want to shoot me an email direct, if you want to set something up, it's uh, Sully at ecomgrowers.com. And I'll try try to respond, but I may be skiing or golfing. But uh, (laughs) maybe enjoying
1: life, but he'll get back to you. (laughs)
0: Enjoying life. I, I hope your audience, whatever they're doing, is, you know, I think life's all about perspective and be fortunate for what we have. It's a unique time in the world and it has been for the last seven or eight years. And, you know, if the internet didn't happen when it happened for me, I, I would have never been able to, to do it, you know? And it's be yourself and, and don't go too crazy and, and make a produced video that no one's gonna watch the first time, you know?
1: Right. And there's so much opportunity. Look at what you, what you have, what your current frustrations are just in life, something that you're passionate about and, usually you can start a business out of that. (laughs) I agree. Well, thank you so much, Sully. So great. And we'll talk to you soon.
0: Okay. Thank you.